This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. As ever, I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me today is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hi, Cara. Hello. And we're joining you, actually, after a pretty good result this week, Newcastle drawing 2 all with Tottenham. Now, of course, this came after that poll in the Newcastle Chronicle ahead of the game, where out of about 14,000 uh, respondents, 95% of Newcastle fans wanted Steve Bruce sacked. I have to say, I am among them, and that hasn't changed after this game. But, let's be frank, it was a pretty good performance and a, and a good unexpected point at home to Tottenham. Yeah, it was definitely an, an unexpected point. You did play really well. Jonington stepped up. He was always a powerful presence in that final third. I just... It's weird because I, it, sometimes you don't know what Newcastle is going to turn up. So next next match, which Newcastle is going to turn up? Is it going to be this Newcastle, which has the ability to score, that shows a form of spirit, or we're going to have the Newcastle that we saw for the last couple of weeks, which is effectively dead? It was an odd one. Well, uh, yeah, that's been part of the frustration this season, where you see every now and again you see the flashes of how Newcastle can perform when they want to, the the urgency that they can show, some of the... I mean, don't get me wrong, it wasn't an incredible performance, but it was a, it was a good performance where they actually did show a lot of intent, a lot of fight, a lot of heart. And, and yeah, as I say, part of that frustration is where was any of that against Brighton? If we'd have played like that against Brighton, we would have had a good chance of getting certainly a draw, if not all three points, which would have been massive. But... We'll move on from the Brighton game because the less said about that one, the better. But <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a good performance, um, as you say. Jointon obviously one or two misses, which we know with him time and again is an, is a recurring issue. But also, I think he did actually play very well, and of course, he did get that opening goal for Newcastle. Yeah, it's a bit hard to pin down who was the deciding factor. Yes, you've had Almiron back, and we saw some Maxman later on. No Wilson still, unfortunately. But uh, it's like your team was very much the same, apart from obviously starting Almiron. And I don't think we can say it was Almiron's presence. As much as he's a great player, don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm, I'm not debating that. I think he is one of Newcastle's best players. But the, the, the problem is, I can't think that he's the only player to say, oh, this is why they played well all of a sudden. The whole team was performing a lot better than they have done over the last week. So, I mean, that's two wins in 21 matches for Newcastle. But as you say, it was a good performance and a deserved point. And it, it wasn't a loss, which is something that we all assumed, especially last week in our massively depressing podcast, where we all assumed it was going to lose. However, we did have a mini Mourinho meltdown. So I do thank Newcastle for that. <laughs> yeah, no, as you say, it, it was it was a good team performance all round. Uh, you can pick out quite a few players, I think, who played well, as I say. Joe Hinton, despite the the miss, which you know on a, on another day 
possibly could have given us the three points if he'd have put that away. But... The thing is, he had a shot, which is something that he hasn't <laughs> yeah. been doing for ages. Yeah, and overall, it was a good performance from him. Almiron, he was certainly worked hard defensively, uh, which was really nice to see. You know, from a more sort of attacking and creative player like him. Jacob Murphy was very bright, which was really, again, great to see. I'm not Jacob Murphy's biggest fan. I'm not too convinced about him at Premier League level, but hats off to him. He has popped up every now and again this season with a really good performance, impactful performance, and that was another one from him yesterday. Yeah, he's definitely stepped up, hasn't he, when when Newcastle have needed him in, in recent weeks. It was a big change from Newcastle in terms of their approach to the game compared to against Brighton, where... As we saw, there was basically no real intent to get forward at all. Whereas I thought from more or less from the outset and certainly after the first 10 or 15 minutes when the game settled down, Newcastle, they grew into the game. You could tell, okay, they weren't too comfortable when they were on the ball, which is to be expected because we're not a team that like to get on the ball very often. But when we did have it, you could actually tell there was some intent to get forward there. And frankly, when Newcastle took the lead through Joelinton in the 28th minute, really, you had to say it was a deserved lead. I mean, we'd, we'd come very close through Dwight Gale when he forced that pretty amazing double save from Hugo Lloris. Though, I still think Gale probably should have scored. Certainly, that second bite at the cherry, I think he should have buried. But again, great from Lloris. And then, yeah, deserved, deserved lead from... Uh, Joe Winton and what I have to say that I did love about that goal was that assist from Sean Longstaff he showed I thought really just great composure was really calm just picking out Joe Winton perfectly weighted pass and then just a nice cool finish admittedly a pretty you know pretty easy chance for him but we've seen Joe Winton miss from there before and you know just all round just actually capitalising on that Spurs mistake trying to play out from the back and actually punishing them for it. Yeah, it was very different from the, um, well, our premonitions about what was going to happen last week and also the El Jurassico from the Telegraph. Obviously because Mourinho and Bruce are so ancient and I assumed that this was going to be as glacial as the last couple of matches that we've seen of Newcastle. I have to say I did love that that headline as soon as I saw it I thought and I must make a note of that because it really did make me chuckle to be fair and I mean how much uh, the match disproved it I'm not sure but Uh, yeah but it was more fast paced than than Newcastle we've seen literally over the last month yeah as I say it was great now obviously after the goal (laughs) Newcastle then did a classic Newcastle where we did our best to throw it away and I have to say I was fearing the worst I mean, literally, so frustrating. 90 seconds later, we let Harry Kane score straight from the restart. <sighs> Terrible defending. I mean, why didn't Kraft just clear it? I don't know. I have to say, listeners, I had left the room due to other other commitments for about 20 minutes. And then by the t- I left a happy individual uh, on the sofa watching the football. And I returned to the morose Newcastle supporter we all know and love. Now, obviously, I have watched the replays and I have watched uh, the recording, so I do do know what I'm on about. It just wasn't alive at the time. It was quite amusing, though, and I do blame Christopher himself for being the reason that you, <laughs> that Newcastle, lost their lead within six seconds. <laughs> yes, listeners, I think I jinxed it. I literally... <laughs> Cara literally just stepped out of the room and I literally text her 
to say, oh my God, we're winning. And then literally, as I hit send on that, Harry Kane equalised, so I immediately followed that up with, never mind. And then again, as we know then, another three or four minutes after that, Kane struck again. I mean, at least with the second goal, I think that was more just that great pass from Ndombele and, yeah. a, and a great finish from Kane more than it was a great bad defending. Like, like the, fir- the first goal was just terrible defending from us and to be honest neither side really defended well throughout the game it was no. pretty open at both ends I'm just but... a bit surprised by Kraft because he has been playing quite well recently and we have picked him out I think a few times and talked about how well he's been doing I think it was a bit of pressure it was great pressure from, from Harry Kane let, let's be honest to chase that ball and Kraft did well to get there in the first instance maybe it's that the pressure and the knowledge of we want to play from the back, we don't want to give any set pieces away. But yeah, you should just give it a corner. Just safe, just, safety just corner. first, just get yeah. rid. Don't try, get... don't try and play your way out. Yeah, and we saw Almiron do that later on after, well, Almiron had some great defensive uh, moments. He headed that shot off the line and of course he did also do it, uh, just headed it out for for a corner I think you did learn from that instance but obviously that was an instance which Harry Kane is not going to let you live down he is going to 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 score from that instance yeah I mean that's 19 goals now for Kane in the Premier League this season and 13 assists obviously we won't spend too long on him because he's not a Newcastle player but obviously phenomenal player and as we've said you give him a half a chance and he'll he'll bury it he'll he'll punish you for it and that that was the problem but to then after such a turnaround to then actually keep playing well certainly the start of the second half and then you know persisting and getting that goal through Joe Willick who of course will have enjoyed that as an Arsenal player and to to keep that sort of persistence up was was massive and it was yeah, the heads could have gone down, but they didn't, and that was really good to see. And as I say, great point in the end. And yeah, that's something I thought Newcastle would definitely crumble under was that was a the pressure of having to get another goal, especially after the break. But you did come out, and I thought you were dominant for for most of that second half. I feel that maybe if you did have someone of of Harry Kane's calibre maybe you could have got another goal because you did create those chances so you, you could potentially have won but with the loss of Wilson at the moment I still think you play very well and all the players were stepping up to, to, have an, to have a go there was no real there was maybe the odd miss hit which thought maybe that could have been a better chance or at least get that shot on target but it wasn't as abysmal as the opportunities we've seen Newcastle squander again I'm looking into the past and I should be focusing on this match but in contrast you were a completely different team entirely yeah I mean Callum Wilson as you say with his finishing ability he's obviously much more clinical than any other forward that we have available he could have made the difference had he been around sadly he wasn't quite fit enough to make the squad this time around but again what was a good sign as we saw was a little stat for you here Newcastle had 17 shots inside the penalty area on Sunday. I think that's the most shots they've had in the whole Premier League. Uh, under Steve Bruce, yeah. Which, again, showed how A, how open it was, and B, how much they were actually willing to get forward to really try and attack Tottenham and, and take advantage of, as I said, what, really what we saw was some 
well, so it was some poor defending at both ends, but some uncharacteristically sloppy play at the back from Spurs. And of course, with that point and a lot of the results actually otherwise, aside from West Brom <laughs> thrashing Chelsea, which was hilarious, to be fair, all the other results really went our, our way over the weekend, which was massive. Yeah, there were a lot of expletives about the West Brom <laughs> score, I'm not going to know. Well, as I said, it was simultaneously hilarious, but also it's just typical that... Newcastle can't even rely on Chelsea. Don't try and talk your way out of this. Newcastle cannot even rely on Chelsea to beat one of their relegation rivals. That said, I think Newcastle still probably, with that eight point gap over West Brom, West Brom shouldn't be the team we, we're concerned about anyway. Plus, no, but it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't help the nerves, does it? But we are now three points clear of Fulham, who of course lost to Aston Villa. And we're only three points behind Brighton after Manchester United beat them as well. So, I think if Wilson comes back, this is going, especially for your next match against Burnley. If Callum Wilson comes back within the next few matches, I think Newcastle are in with a good chance of staying out of the relegation zone. Well, that's what we need to hope is that he comes back for that, let's face it, absolutely crucial Burnley game next weekend. Because although we are now three points clear of Fulham, and of course we do have that game in hand, Fulham do still have the better goal difference. So if they were to make up that three-point gap, they would still go ahead of us. I just want to see this Newcastle play for the rest of the season. I mean, it's possible. Well, so... if they do, then even even with some of the tough fixtures they've got, they might sneak a win here and there, especially if Callum Wilson is back. Or, or if they can keep up that level. Or a point, which is enough, because we were going into this fully expecting Newcastle to be pathetic once again. And a heavy defeat. And a heavy defeat, yep. Uh, but as we've said, absolutely vital game against Burnley next week. Now, of course, Burnley aren't actually safe either. I think, they're well, they're four points ahead of Newcastle. So if we were to win, we'd only be one point behind them. But on the other hand, of course... They'll know that if they win and go seven points clear of us, that virtually assures them safety. So they're going to be fully motivated to go out and get the three points as well because after that, although they might not be mathematically safe, realistically, they'll probably only need another couple of points in their last seven games if they can beat us. Let's just hope Newcastle feel this is worth their time. Well, they should do because we've got Burnley and West Ham as our next two games. Yep. And then if you look at the fixtures after that, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, Man City. Now, as we've said, if Newcastle have Wilson back and actually play as we as they did against Tottenham, yeah, there's a chance they might get one or two points out of, out of those games. But really, you've got to be looking at Burnley and West Ham. Burnley especially, we absolutely we need to win that game next week. And, I mean, fingers crossed. Now, I mean, Burnley not in great form. Only two wins in their last 11, but obviously we have seen them get some decent results in that run. Yeah, drawn with Arsenal, with Leicester, and, and uh, def- defeated Everton. Yeah, so, you know, it's gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be an easy one, we know that much. But there, there is also a chance that Newcastle can go there and get the three points. Obviously, Burnley only scored 24 goals this season, so they're actually even worse going forward than we are. <laughs> which is not many teams can say that this season. And they're not as solid as you would expect from a Sean Dyche team at the back. I mean, in the last five games alone, they've conceded 10 goals. 
Yeah, it's a pretty poor record. Um, again, I think if we do have Wilson, this is going to be potentially, if we see the same Newcastle that we just saw, this will be a win. He'll have and chances. It might, yeah, he'll have, he'll chances. have chances. And it might be a high-scoring game. However, as I say, this does all depend on which Newcastle decides to turn up. That's going to be the biggest factor. And I suppose, to an extent, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what sort of state Burnley are in. Now, they might be quite demoralised after losing from 2-0 up against Southampton on Sunday. Likewise, that might prompt a response. You just you never really know what's going to happen after a result like that. But Newcastle don't have too bad a record against Burnley in recent times. We beat them 3-1 earlier this season. And we have actually won three of our last five meetings with them. But as you say, it's, it's all going to boil down to, is Wilson back and whether he is or not, how do Newcastle perform? Do they, do they perform like they did against Brighton or do they perform like they did against Tottenham? Because that's going to be a massive key to it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just have to see how it goes. In the meantime, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review, that would be absolutely fantastic. Until next time, this has been Magpies Unrestricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks again, Cara. No problemo. And thank you, listeners. Till next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.